0: If you've ever had a time where you felt like you just couldn't catch a break, if you've ever felt like you had a time where your strength was waning, was there ever someone or something that sustained you? Who or what is it that got you through to this point in your life? Maybe it's something very physical like carb loading the night before a marathon or packing a lunch before a long bike ride. Maybe it's something more relational, like an apology from someone you never thought you would receive an apology from, or perhaps a word of encouragement, a pep talk before a big meeting, someone who mentored you and believed in you enough to get you through whatever was to come. Whatever that is for you, recall what that sustenance felt like What that sustenance meant for you when you really, really needed it. For Elijah in our reading today, the only thing that gets him through is a delightful mix of earth and heaven. And Elijah went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights, it says, all the way to the Mount of God. What kind of food sustains a person that long? What was in that bread, those cakes on the stones? Elijah is at a loss. He's at the end of his rope when we meet him today. He has hit complete rock bottom, is in the middle of the wilderness, and he's alone. He is only part of the way of the journey he needs to go. He's caught up somewhere in the middle, and he gives up all hope. He falls asleep under a tree and is woken up by an angel of the Lord who feeds him, nourishes him, and tells him to keep going. Get up and eat, the angel says. Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. Get up and eat. Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. I wonder if that's the kind of invitation Jesus has in mind when he says that he is the living bread. Jesus knows in this moment, talking with this big crowd, the people grumbling, complaining, asking about the details in complete disbelief of what he's claiming, Jesus is there right in front of them, the living bread they really need, but they don't want it in that moment. This has happened before, with the Israelites in the desert. They were hungry, and miraculously, manna from heaven was given to them to eat, a gift from heaven, made known to them through earthly, fleshly means, something they could eat. They longed for Egypt. They longed to go back to slavery because, at least there, they could count on what sustenance they would get. It wouldn't be great, they knew that, but it would be more consistent. And yet manna came from heaven and fed them. Later, when times were safer, when they were more sustained, they would mark this manna experience by leaving 12 loaves of bread, 12 loaves representing the 12 tribes of Israel in the temple in Jerusalem, they would put the bread there in the presence of God. The loaves were a tangible sign that God would give them nourishment. And it also was their way of thanking God for that continual sustenance. This bread we often refer to as show bread, but a much more wooden translation for it is bread of the presence. Bread of the presence where human nourishment was possible through God's presence. So the Israelites were given food when the journey seemed too much. Elijah was given food when he had completely given up on the journey. And now Jesus is here telling them that he is the bread, but alive. But Jesus is not like the bread that they ate once, Jesus' bread is for eternal life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, he says. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the entire world, it's my flesh. Throughout the Gospel of John, there are nine times that Jesus claims to be something or someone kind of incredible. Recall them now. I am the bread of life. I am the living bread. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. All of these I am statements, they're all symbols that come from normal human experience, which says something, says something about Jesus's ability to satisfy both people's religious concerns and their very ordinary human longings. Jesus will give his own flesh for the life of the world. We are promised that we will have life We will have this through Jesus. This is what can sustain us when nothing else will. Jesus' own body. God's own transforming power coming close to us, redeeming our lives, even and especially the parts we'd rather discard, forget about, the parts of our lives we'd rather push aside. None of us are promised that our lives will be easy or predictable. And yet, we are promised the bread of the presence. We are promised that God joins us in all the mess, truly cares about us in the mess, and keeps redeeming the messes we have made. When I consider what the last three years I have had serving here with all of you has meant to me, It would probably be something like being woken up from sleep with a loaf of bread, a delicious cake ready for me. The amount of encouragement and support you have given me has made it possible for me to hear God's voice, God's call on my life. My time here was so much more than a job, more than organizing and scheduling, more than just writing and studying. This time here truly gave me a renewed sense of God's presence and has helped me to develop skills to serve that will be part of the rest of my life. I will take all of you with me when I leave. So soon, next week, you will all be sending me away on my journey to New Haven. And I wanna say thank you for being the sustenance for my journey. I'm thankful especially for all of the guidance and mentorship our rector has given me in becoming a deacon and now a priest. I'm thankful to be part of a staff team that collaborates and dreams together, especially in weird ways during the pandemic. I'm thankful to have worked on so many really important ministries with many of you, to have literally fed others in some cases. All of this has been incredible incredible nourishment for me, sustenance that I needed, sustenance so that my life can continue to nourish others. It is because of you that I can trust in the living bread, not theoretically, not in some paper or some idea, but really in real life. I know that I have tasted the living bread here at this altar I have tasted the living bread when brainstorming ideas for this church's future. I have tasted the living bread when celebrating a wedding, even if only with 10 people and masks. I have tasted the living bread when singing joyfully. I have tasted living bread when accompanying some of you through major losses. You have given me sustenance by welcoming me to care for you, to pray with you, to hold your deepest fears and highest joys. And it has been such a gift. Thank you. Thank you. So today will be one of the last times I have the privilege of inviting you up to this altar here. The first altar I ever celebrated the Eucharist at. The altar is the place where we must always hear that command get up and eat, get up and eat. Otherwise, the journey really will be too much for us. But if we continue to come here, continue to receive Jesus, receive this living bread together, bread brimming with presence and promise, a delightful mixing of heaven and earth, if we continue to welcome God with our whole souls and minds and bodies, I can promise you this. Here, here we can find enough sustenance for eternity. Amen.